Hey there, Almost Founder, and welcome back to the most practical podcast for very early stage entrepreneurs. My name is Kurosh Gafari, and just like you, I'm a young founder who wants to build products that people love. Today, we are learning from Daniel Schreiber, the CEO and co-founder of Lemonade, the insurance company with the mission to make insurance cool again, and they're killing it. Daniel is a true tech industry veteran and was previously the CEO of Powermat, but with Lemonade, he's disrupting the insurance industry. In just five years, the company has gone from zero to a successful IPO and a valuation of $10 billion. The funniest thing is, Daniel had no idea about the insurance industry when he started Lemonade, and that's exactly what we will speak about today. Are all exceptions really exceptions? This one is a reality check for all young founders who are deciding on the industries they want to attack. And before we get to it, I really want to urge you to check out Waves on our website. We are practicing what we preach and are building a better way to make connections for you in your own personal, authentic and small group chat. And now, get ready to learn today to use tomorrow. The one piece of advice that we get from literally everyone who has been on the podcast so far is that we should really be careful about the industries that we choose to go into. We should know the industries, we should love them, and we should really be able to see ourselves in them years and years from now. Now, I do know that you went into Lemonade and into the insurance industry as someone who didn't really know anything about insurance. So could you please tell me a little bit about this exception that is Lemonade and the obvious success that is Lemonade and help me understand whether there are other ways to do it or whether this is just an exception to the rule? It's a great question. Um, and I'll share of my experience, but... Um... I guess a cautionary note, you can't necessarily copy paste and it's different for every person. But when we took on um, insurance, both Shai, my co-founder and I were looking for kind of our next big thing. And insurance was not high on the list. Um, I was going on a, what felt at the time like a meandering journey in retrospect, I can present it as a kind of structured review of different industries. At any rate, when it came to insurance, I discovered a, a space that was hiding in plain sight. I'd never thought of insurance, but suddenly I looked at it and I was like, wow, this is stunningly big. Every household, every, you know, 100% household penetration, trillions of dollars worldwide, 11% um, of GDP in America. You're talking about this mother industry that has, everyone's missed it. It's such a gray, boring industry that it's really the, the technology revolution has just passed it by and it's still being run by the same companies that ran the show 100 years ago and sometimes 200 years ago. And you're like, wow. And then you say, well, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. But it's also deeply distrusted, deeply unliked. And that's really the trifecta, big, unchanged and unloved. Those three come together, it's ding, ding, ding. And as an entrepreneur, kind of the, the lights went off. And I joined with Shai and we started looking into it. But to your point, we actually didn't look into it too much. And what I mean by that is, the advice that we got, like the advice that you say previous spokespeople on your podcast have given is, well, you guys don't know anything about insurance. And you'd have thought that you at least go and, okay, let's quickly catch up. Let's learn a lot about insurance. Let's type in insurance in Wikipedia and see what it says. <laughs> and we quite intentionally did not do that. We quite intentionally decided that we're going to spend a couple of months in front of a whiteboard and doing some first principles thinking. And I think that it was a huge advantage. 
it's very hard to unknow things. And if you grew up in the insurance industry, whether it doesn't matter how much of a free thinker you are, your frame of reference is what you know. Um, and it's very hard to, to break out of concepts um, that have become entrenched in your, in your mindset. And ignorance is valuable in that sense because you get to go back and say, okay, I don't know anything about insurance, but I understand probability theory. And there are things that I do know. And this is kind of back to our point about taking stuff from one job to the next. Between us, we knew a fair amount about direct-to-consumer. We knew about the sharing economy. We knew about building technology. We knew about the disruptive forces of technology. We knew about brand building. We knew about marketing. So we had some of the tools of the trade, oftentimes ones that insurance companies lacked. And we didn't know anything about insurance, but we said, okay, let's think as consumers, how would we want to consume an insurance product today? And, and I do think quite strongly that while we've learned a lot about insurance along the way, for us, it was an advantage, not a disadvantage. Now, we came with a blank slate in terms of our insurance thinking, but not in terms of all of our thinking. We were cross-pollinating, right? We were taking ideas, modes of operation, techniques, technologies, relationships that we had from prior lives, and we were transplanting them into a new industry. So I don't feel like we were starting from scratch on all measures, but we were starting from scratch in insurance, and therein lay the strength of what we were doing, frankly. It wasn't a weakness, it was a strength. While I was doing the preparation for this interview, I was really desperately looking for these articles that would tell me that Daniel Schreiber has spent months and years becoming an expert on the insurance industry, but I never really found that. And funnily enough, I have first principles written right here on my notes, and I, I just find it so fascinating that instead of looking for an inefficiency within insurance providers, you looked at the insurance sector as a whole and found this whole inherent flaw within the first principles, with it, which is insurance is safety you should want to buy insurance so why do we have this negative connotation towards it so can you tell me a little bit more about how you decided to go all in on this mission of making insurance sexy again sure so a couple of things one is nothing is all that complicated you know when you're standing at the outside of an industry like insurance um people make it sound incredibly complicated. And it has its own terms that you've never heard of and a loss ratio and a combined ratio and all different actuarial terms and you don't even know what an actuary is. And then they tell you it's very capital intensive and that nobody understands the financials and that only Warren Buffett can invest in insurance because it's so complex and all these kinds of things. And I came, as I mentioned, I'd been a lawyer and it was funny to see there how lawyers get trained to use Latin terms for stuff that you could say in plain English. But if you say in plain English, then anybody can understand it. If you say mens rea, then it's a Latin term. And now it's, oh, you know, only lawyers can use it. And you create these guilds where you try and keep everybody else out and create the halo of how complicated it is. Insurance is not complicated. I'll say at first approximation, nothing is complicated. It's just stuff that you don't know right now. But I think for, as an entrepreneur, if you have a, a head on your shoulders and you're curious about things, you can pick up the basics, the fundamentals that you need pretty quickly. And a CEO or founder is never going to know everything that they need to know about their business. They're always going to need teams of people. Having started life as a CEO in my 20s, I always realized that I'm only going to succeed by 
hiring people who are much better, have much greater domain expertise and talents in their field than I have. And it was never my aspiration to be better at anything in the company than the people who I surrounded myself with. So I guess the first thing I'd say is insurance turns out not to be that scary. Nothing is all that scary. If you're not literally, I don't know, <laughs> I guess something's all that scary. But I, I'd say don't be put off. If you find an industry that you think is interesting and has opportunity and looks like it's lacking innovation, that's all one needs. Again, that first approximation. The second thing, I mentioned my age earlier. So I was a few years younger when we founded Lemonade, but both Shai and I were well into our 40s. And that mattered because we wanted to pick an industry and, and a, a business model and a way of doing things that we thought we might be able to pull off, but that not everybody would. Um, and so we formed Lemonade. Not only did we go into insurance, but we established our own insurance carrier and we did it in New York, which is a particularly exacting regulatory environment. And it requires a lot of capital and it requires that you can pass muster with very tough regulators. It requires reinsurance. It requires a lot of things that my 20-year-old self would just never be able to pull off. Um, and we were worried about our 20-year-old selves because the world is full of smart young people. Um, and therefore, we decided to tackle this in a way that we thought was incredibly difficult to do. We might just be able to do it. Um, but if we can clear that hurdle, it means that a lot of other people won't just because we've been doing this for 20 years and a lot of people are just coming out of college and, and doing their own thing. So I guess what I would say is it's also important to right size, to do something that you think is, a, is taps into your strengths, your peculiarities, your things that you know how to do. We raised a $13 million seed round. Sequoia co-led that investment. It was the largest round in Sequoia's history. I couldn't have done that 10 years earlier, let alone 20 years earlier. So again, it's about creating a strategy that, that is suited to you rather than just what the market needs. Specifically in terms of lemonade, um, we found the root cause of all evil, and it's a simplification, but simplifications are important, to be a conflict of interest in the insurance industry. So you make a claim from your insurance company. If they pay you, you're richer. They're poorer. So at first, again, approximation, you're fighting over the same coin that leads to a great deal of distrust. Before founding the company, I reached out to some really prominent thinkers. I managed to get to a Nobel laureate in game theory and another one in behavioral economics and just try to think this through from a game theory perspective. What is it? How would you build this game differently? Assuming people aren't the problem, it's not the players, it's the game. How do you restructure things? And we came up with this notion of a, an insurance company that was much less conflicted with its customers, where it took a flat fee rather than pocketing money that's left over at the end of the year, where money that is left over goes to a charity of our customers choosing, and that motivates them to be good and less incentivized to defraud their insurance company because they're not sticking it to the man. They're not sticking it to the nameless, faceless behemoth with whom they have a conflicted relationship. They'd be hurting the kitchen soup, the soup kitchen that they volunteer at on Sundays or the local church or the kids' school or whatever charity they're designated. So a lot of moving parts going back to basics. The only way to bring that about was to establish own insurance company, which is what we did. Then you build amazing technology, get to pay claims really quickly, do everything else. But those were the kind of initial fun fundamental founding principles that we put in place. 
Yeah, exactly. I I had originally planned to do five or six hours of research into lemonade, but then I found out about your CBO Dan Ariely, and it just turned out to be four hours into Dan and one hour into lemonade. But yeah, getting back to getting back to the people that we're actually speaking to right now, to all of our listeners, which are first time founders. How how should they approach it? Should they look at this as a genuine exception and get the mindset that exceptions do exist and that you shouldn't really have to be an expert into the industry that you go into? Or or what is your thought on it? Would would you have done this big step 30 years ago? Would it have made sense to you 30 years ago to go into an industry that you had no idea about as a first-time founder even? I'm always leery of giving advice. Um, I'm happy to share of my experience, but I oftentimes I'm asked, you know, what is, you know, the three things or the one thing or whatever, and you end up with these hallmark statements, follow your heart, do what you love, all these kind of things. I find them not, not real, um, kind of fortune cookie advice. So I, I don't want to, I don't want to say what people should do. Um, I find I, I have obviously no regrets that we did what we did, um, but I also think um, it, it is generally good. In other words, you do need to have the skills. And I want to split between two kind of elements of your question. One is where do you apply those skills? And the other one is do you need skills? You need skills. Whether you're going to take on insurance or wireless power or whatever industry you end up going in, you need to learn. You have to, whether it's academic studies or in experience or, you know, the school of hard knocks, um, you need to be curious. You need to be hungry. You need to, be, there's a lot of things that you need in order to be an entrepreneur. Um, I think you need to be a very good storyteller. I think storytelling is actually the single most important thing for entrepreneurs. Um, but then whether you're telling a story about insurance or writing a story and then telling it about insurance, about other industries, I think that matters less. I do think that one of the things that we're seeing in innovation in general and disruption uh, in particular is tech has moved over the course of the last five, 10 years from being pure technology things. Google is, doesn't exist before technology. There's Google, Facebook, um, Apple, to places where you're taking technology and applying it to existing industries. Now, this is true of older stuff. Amazon did that to retail. Tesla is doing it to cars. Um, Airbnb is doing it to hotels. Uber is doing it to taxis. And the transition of tech into an industry, we're doing it with insurance, is something that we're seeing a, a tremendous impact uh, with. And then you have to say to yourself, okay, where do I need the expertise? Do I have to be an expert in taxis or in tech? in hotels or in tech, in retail or in tech, in insurance or in tech. And I think that if you have to choose between the two, and you usually do, because there's very few places where you come up and know both of those things, I think the tech side is more important. The entrepreneurial skills are more important. And the best practices that one learns there, you can then apply to vacations and to travel and to insurance and to other industries, and you pick up along the way the things that you need. But not only... As I said from my experience, not only is it not essential that you have knowledge of those industries, 
there is actually a silver lining and it might even be better not to know too much about it. So you can lock yourself in a room, do first principles thinking, not say how does it run and then you come up with a 10% increment improvement. But if I was building it from scratch today, how would I build it? And then you come up with a 10X improvement because you're not assuming what already exists. You're assuming that nothing exists and you get to start from scratch. And this is exactly what I kind of wanted to get to. Everyone keeps saying that entrepreneurship is so difficult and it's so contextualized, but at the same time, they give you one-size-fits-all advice and that can't really work, right? So in your case, the answer is always it depends. There is hard work, right? Hard work gets you where you want to get to most of the time. But for the rest, it really just depends on who you are and what you're good at. So it is true that you went into the insurance industry without having too much experience about it. But you knew how to build a company, you knew everything behind the technology, and you just found this great problem to attack. But does that mean that every young founder should go into a new industry? No, probably not. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't, right? And I think this is also a great place to stop it. And I really want to thank you once again for coming on and telling us about this crazy success and this crazy exception that is Lemonade. You're most welcome. Great to talk to you. And in just 17 minutes, you now know that not every exception is a real exception. As a first-time founder, should you really go into an industry that you know nothing about? We don't know, but you should know what your skills are, what your tools are, and everything that you can achieve, and then just go for a problem. As always, please share this episode with some of your entrepreneurial friends who might be taking a few too many risks and they really need to. My name is Kurosh Kafari, and just like you, I'm an almost founder. <laughs>